0: Welcome to the Signal Mountain Bible Church Men's Vision Cast. Men encouraging men to live alive to the King and engage with those the King has given us to, one day at a time. Welcome in men and anybody else who happens to be joining in. I want to welcome you to the March edition by the hair of my Chinny Chin Chin. As I talked to BJ earlier this week, he said, you know, if we do this by Thursday, we'll get it in in March, and so I'm really thankful for the opportunity to share this time with you all, and BJ is producing as usual, and I give a shout out to him and am greatly appreciative of that help. I wanted to just review just for a couple minutes, and I wanted to say that I was really, really thankful for the opportunity several Thursdays back to gather with a handful of men from our church in the pavilion, and we spent some time together just thinking about what we affectionately called Paul Kleckner came up with the title, The Madness of Fatherhood, as a little jump off into then later in the night watching March Madness and watching some hoop together. But it was really a dear time. And a few things lingered with me, and I wanted to just share, share these. I think that those that were there will remember this, but for those who weren't there, just to kind of give you an overview of our time. We had four men, Aaron Wolf and John Zeiser and David Hudson and Nick DiCosimo, and they were just asked to share in a very real way about certain topics about being a father along the way, and some things that really linger with me as I think about that time is just at one particular moment, even though Aaron was one of the men that was sharing, John Zeiser shared something, and Aaron just paused him and just asked him an immediate follow-up question about what John had said, and I I was really marked by Aaron as a sharer that night, just kind of digging in with John about some of the things that were on his heart and sharing. I remember John Zeiser, or affectionately referred to as J.B. as J.Z. by some folks. I remember him urging us to be in this time of our life with men that we are living life with. That he has been journeying with a group of men for a lot of years and many of them live elsewhere, and he just very pointedly expressed that some of the most significant connections have been with even some of the men that were under the pavilion that night and those that he has actually been with on a week-in, week-out basis. I was struck by David Hudson speaking that one of the themes that he has noticed about being a father in fatherhood is the theme of humbling and humility that God has borne in him over the years as a dad that as he looks back and thinks as his boys are, are older now that one of the marks of that time is just that God has really humbled him and has called him to that place of humility and that was really strong and then lastly, I remember that towards the end of our gathering that Nick recounted that literally on the day that we met, he had had lunch with John Zeiser, and he shared with us that on the day of our meeting that he actually had called one of his sons who is in his 40s and had actually just spent some time talking with his son about how he experienced... Nick as a father and even and been talked about some specific points of his fathering and just was curious about what that had been like for his son and I I was struck by the unique gift of getting to have a conversation like that with a son that is well on into his adult life now So I really was grateful for that night, and I thought it was a really strong time. I'm really thankful for those who were there, and I'm really appreciative of Paul Kleckner doing some planning for that time. And then mentioning Paul, I wanted to just give a shout-out to Paul and Jared, who did our vision cast last month, and was just really thankful for their time and just sharing about things that are uh, happening inside of them. And wanted to just express gratitude for the initiative and the humility along with Jason Susson that they are showing to invite all of us, anybody who is interested into a deeper brotherhood together, and I'm also really hopeful for our time together on retreat in less than a month now, and I'm really excited about just an opportunity to be with each other and to be together, and so I'm also just thankful for this time this morning, and I'm going to Just share some thoughts that have been on my mind and heart in the last week or so, and this would be kind of a little bit out of the purview of what I would have planned to do this time, but felt led by the Lord just to pause and and move in this direction. So, God, I want to just thank you for getting to sit here at the church today with BJ and also to be with any person whom would listen to these words, and I express to you some measure of feeling the risk of sharing some things and just offer these things to you and and really ask God, would you allow any thought, any word, any idea, or this collectively just to connect with anyone who might be in a place of needing that in this particular time in their life? And so just offer these moments and these words to you and pray that you would use them in your kingdom however you want to. So thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have felt prompted towards the things I'd like to share with y'all over the last really week to ten days, and I'm going to try to frame this in two people, the lives of two people. And the first is... My granddaughter, Emma, which if I were to give you a cho- an opportunity to choose whom I might talk about, you might have been able to think about Emma. Emma has just turned two, and Taylor and Ashley, her parents, our son and his wife, are expecting their second daughter within the month. Ashley is due within the next three to four weeks. And so we have enjoyed over the last really half a year or I guess maybe about four months every other week Emma has come to signal to spend time with us usually just overnight we we spend time together in the afternoon after she gets up from her nap and we hang out hang out after dinner we do bath time and then we put her in her little pack and play and then Leah usually is driving her back to meet Taylor or Ashley the next morning This past weekend, we actually had Emma from Wednesday to Saturday, and we had her for a little extra time than usual, and it was particularly tender for my heart because we sensed that when Tater and Ashley's next daughter arrives within the month, that that, that routine will end at least in, in the current time frame as they adjust to their new baby daughter being here. And, and so I was aware that in the same way that Taylor and Ashley, well, not the same way, but in a similar way as Taylor and Ashley are about to close their time with their firstborn daughter and it just being her, which for those of you who have had children, not prescribing this, but just aware that there is something unique when you move from it just being you and your first child or your first twins or triplets or going up the number, but that's not often. And then when the next child comes. And so. In a similar way, not the same way, but in a similar way, I was aware that Lee and I were thinking about the fact that this would probably be one of the final visits that we had with Emma before another granddaughter is here, which is so exciting, and we are stunned and so thankful. And also, we are aware that the time with Emma by herself has been really special. So... um, coming out of spending time with our granddaughter at two years of age, and now I'm going to arc over to my father, who is 92, who is in Charlotte, and his health is declining, and he has just finished about a 10-day stay in the hospital. Uh, His heart was racing. They determined that he had a, a heart arrhythmia that was just purely from Uh, being an older man there was no specific reason other than just his heart is wearing out and so he has struggled over the last 10 days has not felt well and he is now in rehab and is uh, like doing physical therapy rehab and I'm aware that uh, he is old and that his life is moving towards the end time and I have had some moments where I was thinking about Emma at two and I was thinking about my dad at 92 and I was aware that I am tucked pretty closely right in the middle. I I did actually look to see that I think 47 would be the exact age in between Emma and my dad and I am a few years ahead at 54 from 47 but I'm still tucked in the middle of them and I just spent some time thinking about what it's like to be here tucked in the middle of the beginning of Emma's life and the ending of my father's life and honestly felt some of the weight of what it's like to be a human and then even specifically as i'm thinking about you all the weight of being a man being a husband being a father and all that goes into that i spoke in the very first vision cast when we kind of introduced this i actually looked back at what i wrote for that just in kind of a welcome to this time and i wrote a line in there that I do not want to live a diminished life, and I use that word diminished, and that is a word that I don't hear a lot, and it's a word that I heard one particular author write about, and and it's the idea of diminishment, of just feeling the realities of along the way as we are living our lives as men and women, but, but specifically today as I think about you and I as we live our lives as men, that there are times where we lose heart. And it's interesting to me as I hear these words from God in 2 Corinthians four sixteen. so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Galatians 6, 9, let us not lose heart In doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. And then lastly, Luke 18, 1, And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I think that even just the words, losing heart, is a really interesting phrase And it is actually really descriptive when I am honest with myself that along the way there's not really better words to describe how I'm feeling. I could say I'm discouraged, and that would make sense. I could say that I'm feeling numb, and at times that might make sense. But as a man who is in relationship with Jesus, tucked here in between his granddaughter and his aging father— I think that the idea of losing heart is a lively thought for me. And I'm actually drawn to say that I'm really thankful that God's Word includes the idea of losing heart because it lets me know that when I am losing heart, that it's not something that is not on God's radar. Losing heart is a very real possibility at any moment for any of us, and I think that it's kind that the Lord in His Word has taken time to say, I want to urge you not to lose heart indicative of because losing heart is a real thing. So if life is so chaotically crazy right now in our world, which I feel like that it is, what will it be like for Emma? What will Emma's life be like in 20 years? What will Emma's life be like in the next election cycle? It's hard to even just take in even just in the in the near future with everything that's happening what about facing the disappointment in the loss of relationship with your parent over a long period of time I find that I as I receive pictures from my sister who is in Charlotte caring for my dad that I'm 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 noticing that I'm reviewing' I'm, I'm remembering and there have been really good things in my relationship with my dad and there have also been, hard and sad things that I would funnel under the category of things that have caused me to lose heart. I don't say that in a disrespectful way, just just seeking to be honest. What about for any man the ongoing impact of addiction to pixels or porn or passivity or pasta or pabst? Or whatever you might fill the blank in with. What is it like when people leave your church? What's it like when people that have been a part of your church family for a really long time, that they are facing particular circumstances in their life where they are deciding that, that where they have attended church is not where they're going to be anymore? I think that's hard. Awareness of the destruction of relationships all around us. Now, as I as I say that, I want to just give a quick caveat. If this is not the case for you, if you're thinking, Good Lord, Damon, slow down, man. I'm not losing heart. You just ruined my day. I do want to say I'm not asking anybody to conjure anything up. However, I'm also wanting to address honestly that there is such a potential to lose heart, and thankfully God knew that would be true, and so he spoke into it with us through his word. I remember being away, this is some years ago, and I was actually away on a silent retreat with a group of men, and as I say that, I actually am going to kind of go ahead and put myself on the hook. Over the years of my life, I have been invited to participate in some silent retreats, like a 24 to 36, even a 48-hour period of time of intentionally just closing mouths and seeking to be quiet and, and be available. And those have been really, really significant times. And so... I don't know when, but I do have some interest of just if there is a group of men who would be interested at some point in, in getting away together or even just to start briefly and just go with the intention of, of closing mouths to listen and rest. Um, but I was on a silent retreat with a group of men. We were in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. We were at a very intentionally dumpy motel Uh, just so that it it was sparse on purpose. And we were gathering together as a group of men for the purpose of just learning, paying attention to our hearts, and growing in brotherhood together. And I was prompted to grab a journal that I had used when I went on these retreats, And I remembered that I had had a dream while I was on one of these overnight times. And I I found in my journal where I wrote, and I just want to read to you what I wrote. This is from years ago. All night, I see a battle for myself in the water. This is me just reminding myself in, in my journal about what I dreamed the night before. All night I see a battle for myself in the water. It's cloudy and murky and the sound is muffled because I've been drugged under. And then you struggle above the surface for a second. You hear the crisp, clear sound and you see clearly above the water a glimpse of land and sky and birds. And then you're drugged right back down under to the murky, muffled vision and hearing. And at one point are aware that maybe you are even being struck on the head to keep you under the water. There's a moment of desperation where one ear and one eye are out of the water and you want the clear, crisp vision and hearing so you have hope and expectation and desire to the point that you're even fighting for it. You're fighting to get out of the water, but then you're pulled right back under again. And I continued writing in my journal, when you feel like you start to see clearer There at times is an all-out battle that is non-stop to kill expecting to see Jesus more intimately. There is a process for sure, blind to blurry to clear to blurry to clear to blurry and so forth. I have expectancy And there is an all-out Armageddon hell war bent against my desire in loving Jesus and knowing him and welcoming him and having intimacy with him. And I remember just sharing about that very vivid dream about just being opposed and being drug under the water and just having some sense of just the reality of what it's like to face places of diminishment and losing heart in my life. So that is what I have been sensing that my heart was turning towards just to share in this vision cast. And it's simply to say this, do you feel like there are any areas of your life where you sense that you are losing heart? Do you feel like that your life is experiencing diminishment? And I simply want to say to you today, God has regard for this. He regarded this idea to the point that he planned for words about it to be recorded in the Bible by other needy men who had the potential to be losing heart as well the simple fact that Scripture contains both words of life for victory and struggle are really comforting for me, and they're really, really necessary. And it's not only comforting, but it's also really challenging me too. I want to close this vision cast by taking us to a place where, as I interacted with this part of Scripture, I sensed that it is addressing the idea of diminishment, and it is in Mark chapter 8, and I'm going to actually read the verses to you in a second. Jesus is interacting with his disciples, and I would like to actually use this scripture as a challenge and also as a resource for us to pray against places of diminishment in our lives. So I'm going to read from Mark chapter 8, verses 14 to 21, and uh, this is actually from the NIV. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, "It It is because we have no bread, Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? And they answered, seven. And he said to them, do you still not understand? So it's an interesting context that these verses are recorded right after the account of Jesus feeding the 4,000 and I am not the scholar that knows like what the amount of time was between them being together and feeding the 4 and Jesus feeding the 4000 and when he's talking to them in these verses but it is contextually the next thing that we are receiving and so just to set the stage a little bit the disciples have forgotten bread except for one loaf and Jesus tells them to be careful about the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod and then the disciples are talking amongst themselves, wondering if Jesus had said this to them because they forgot to bring the bread, and they were at a loss. They didn't understand what he was saying to them, and I really get that. That's not unfamiliar to me. And so Jesus presses in with them, and here is what I would love to offer as just some simple prayer prompts for us as we are living in these current, current days. Jesus says, do you still not see? Do you have eyes but fail to see? And I am just seeing that as a, a place and a prompt for praying against darkness. Jesus at one point said, Do you still not understand? And I am using that as a place to pray against dullness. He says, are your hearts hardened? And I'm seeing that as a place to pray against death, spiritual death. He said to them, do you have ears but fail to hear? And I am seeing that as a place to pray against spiritual deafness. He then said, don't you remember the abundance of the basketfuls of pieces and I am seeing that as a place to pray against spiritual dementia. I offer to you, the men of SNBC and anybody else who might happen to be listening, an invitation to pray against diminishment in the lives of the men of SMBC and our families and for increasing abundance against darkness and dullness and death, and deafness, and dementia, spiritually, and for light, and transformation, and life, and attentiveness, and remembering. I, again, am aware, and am not pretending that these thoughts are necessarily connecting with everybody, may not be connecting with anybody, and that's okay, but if if you happen to be in a place where you are, are aware as you hear the question, are you in a time where you are facing, you just sense diminishment in your life, or you are aware, I don't know that I would have put these specific words to it, but yes, I feel like that I'm in a place of losing heart. I just want to invite you about not missing actually praying about that. Not that this is just some cute little way to fill up a vision cast, but I actually have curiosity about the impact of the men of SNBC corporately together wherever they are in this little pocket of time actually praying against the diminishment that the devil so longs for and praying for the abundance of Christ in the guts of our relating and living with those that we've been given to. And so I'm actually going to just put these few words, these prayer prompts, into written form, and I will send them out in an email hopefully in the next couple days as well. But want to actually just close our time just by praying that over us together collectively and then also asking and inviting you, would you consider, even if you do not feel like that this is currently a place where you are swimming Would you consider just over the next weeks of time, perhaps even as we lead to Easter Sunday, which is about two and a half weeks away, would you consider joining together with any other men that would be quietly doing this themselves and just praying against these things? And so I'll I'll lead us now in that. God, thank you for anyone who has listened, and I pray, God, that you would stir and work according to your good pleasure, and I want to thank you so much for the men of our church and any other men that might be listening, and I want to just declare again, God, I believe that the spiritual health of the men of our church is really, really important, and I believe that every single man at the Signal Mountain Bible Church has the strong possibility of any moment to be losing heart and to feel like they are in a place of diminishment. And so I want this morning to pray against darkness in our lives, things that are seeking to cloud and make our spiritual vision murky. I want to pray against dullness, about numbness, And just ask, God, that you would give us clarity of thought and mind and heart. I want to pray against death and evil. And I'm I'm aware, God, that we all have different takes on things. I do hear echoing the words of John 10.10 that the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. And we, we do process those words in some form. And I, I believe that's real. I believe that he does long for our destruction. And so I pray against death and spiritual death and evil in the lives of the men of our church. I pray against spiritual deafness, God. I am aware that there are times that you have been speaking to me and I have not been obedient, that I have chosen not to listen. And I'm also aware that there's times that I'm just not hearing. And so I pray against spiritual deafness. And I also, God, want to pray about spiritual dementia of just the very strong reality that we see played out over and over again. For example, in Exodus where your people just forget I'm one of those people. I ask, God, that you would continue to remind us about the things that you've taught us. And that our spiritual thinking would not decrease, but that it would increase along the way. I pray, God, corporately over the men of our church against diminishment and losing heart. And I thank you that when we find ourselves in those places that you have spoken to it and you challenged us, for example, that we ought to pray and not lose heart. And so I'm, I'm in inviting myself and my friends to consider even over the next 17 days or so about just praying against these kinds of things and just praying for your light and your vision and your work in our lives. God, thank you. Thank you for meeting us right where we are as we close this season of Lent and we move towards Resurrection Sunday on Easter. God, would you birth new hope and new amazement about the gift of your son in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.